Welcome to You News, the podcast, using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Tuesday, August 25th. I'm Carolina Sarasa, and these are today's headlines. The Republican National Convention kicking off day two as the GOP continues to make the case for the president's re-election. After police shot a black man in Wisconsin, thousands take the streets to demand justice. And coronavirus cases mounting in the Midwest as universities continue to see a spike in students. This and much more today on U News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. And we begin with this, the second day of the Republican National Convention. On the first official night, speeches were delivered live during a two-and-a-half-hour program. It came only hours after President Trump was renominated for his office. Andrea Linares has a recap. Welcome to the 2020 Republican National Convention. President Trump and Republicans celebrating the last four years and asking Americans for four more. Trying to deliver the optimistic tone Trump promised to deliver, Republican Senator Tim Scott gave the speech of the night. We have work to do, but I believe in the goodness of America. A poignant and personal message. Our family went from cotton to Congress in one lifetime. And that's why I believe the next American century can be better than the last. During much of the first night, the Republican National Committee tried to make the case that Trump acted aggressively to deal with the coronavirus, showcasing a video arguing that the media, the WHO and Democrats underplayed the virus. But the video did not mention that the president also downplayed its threat. Nor did they say that more than 170,000 Americans have died. Also, former U.N. Ambassador and South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley speaking to her immigrant roots and attacking Democrats. In much of the Democratic Party, it's now fashionable to say that America is racist. That is a lie. America is not a racist country. Meanwhile, retired NFL star Herschel Walker saying that racism isn't President Trump. It hurt my soul to hear the terrible names that people call Donald. The worst one is racist. I take it as a personal insult that people would think I've had a 37-year friendship with the racist. People who think that don't know what they're talking about. Maximo Alvarez, whose family fled communist Cuba, delivered a passionate speech against Marxism, warning against what he called the consequences of swallowing the communist pill. Those false promises spread the wealth, free education, free health care, defund the police, trust the socialist state more than your family and your community. They don't sound radical to my ears. They sound familiar. But the emotional tone was later replaced by an in-your-face style speech from Kimberly Guilfoyle, who painted a doom and gloom picture of America with Joe Biden. Don't let the Democrats take you for granted. Don't let them step on you. Don't let them destroy your families, your lives and your future. And the president's son, Don Trump Jr., pitching the election as a choice between law and order or total chaos. It's almost like this election is shaping up to be church, work and school versus rioting, looting and vandalism. Or, in the words of Biden and the Democrats, peaceful protesting. 
The big challenge for Republicans this week, whether President Trump's America First platform can appeal to a broad enough audience to chip away at Joe Biden's lead. And NBC News Monkey Weekly tracking poll shows that the president's approval rating has remained unchanged since the beginning of July, averaging 44%. In Miami, Florida, Andrea Linares, U News. Thank you, Andrea, for that report. And let's go to Edwin Pitin from Washington, D.C. with what to expect for day two of the convention. Edwin. That's right, Carolina. There are high expectations about the message that Republicans will be pushing tonight on their second night of national convention here in Washington, D.C. However, controversy is already a big part of it. That's because of the speech that is expected to be delivered by the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. He will be recording those remarks in Jerusalem and delivering them to the U.S. And a lot of people are criticizing him because of breaking diplomatic law and also going against the own State Department's policy of being engaged in political events. But Pompeo making clear that he's participating as a individual person and no resources from the agency will be used to record those remarks and to deliver them to the U.S. all the way from the Middle East. But without a doubt, the highlight of the night will be the First Lady Melania Trump. She will be speaking from the newly re uh, renovated uh, uh, Rose Garden in the White House. She will have a very low-tone speech to try to appeal to women voters in the U.S. However, we had the chance, Carolina, to talk to a national Republican delegate from the state of Virginia, and she has no doubt that President Trump will be able to get the re-election. Let's listen. As a supporter of President Trump since 2015, I can tell you that President Trump has done everything he promised to the American people and very specifically to the Spanish community. He increased jobs, he increased opportunities in education, he also increased new small businesses, he protected the human life, and he has kept our borders safe. There is a long list of speakers for tonight, the second night of this national convention. However, one of them that um, people are expecting is Lieutenant Governor Janet Nunez. She's the first Latina ever elected for Lieutenant Governor in the state of Florida. She used to be a Marco Rubio supporter. However, she even called President Trump before a very con man, something that is pretty much an insult for the president. And she even said the president uh, was a supportive of the Ku Klux Klan. Also, Mary Ann Mendoza, she is a person that lost her son to an undocumented immigrant in a car crash. She's also a consultant for the We Build the Wall group, something that led to the um, charge in, in fraud charges for Steve Bannon, a former advisor to the president. Also tonight speaking, Eric and Tiffany Trump, President Trump's kids, and the president, of course, is going to be making more appearances throughout the night. He's willing to do that until Thursday when he's scheduled to officially accept the nomination from the Republican Party right there at the White House. Live in Washington, D.C., Carolina, back to you. Thank you for that report, Edwin Pitin. And joining me now is Republican strategist Luis Alvarado. Thank you for your time, Luis. Thanks for the invitation. It's always a pleasure being with you. Likewise, Luis, can you give us three highlights and low points from day one? Well, there's no question that this is a very abnormal convention to begin with, uh, not just because of the pandemic, but also because Donald Trump has basically overtaken the party. It's no longer an RNC that anybody who's ever been to a convention would recognize. Uh, and Donald Trump has brought his family into the picture and pretty much has made the message that uh, when you hear that uh, the RNC has suspended 
the platform, and the platform basically is we must reelect Donald Trump, then it really focuses everything uh, about the Republican Party to Donald Trump. So uh, it becomes a contrast between what the Democrats did last week and versus what the Republicans present today. And the platform to everybody seems to be that whatever the Democrats are, ag are against, that's what we are for. Uh, and whatever they are for, that's what we're against. And that is what the Republicans have done in day one, uh, day two, and what we expect for the rest of the week as well. And just on that, Luis, what seems to be the strategy to get President Trump reelected? Well, that's the question, right? Because uh, everything that the president is doing is talking to the base. It's talking to those people that already support him, the ones that show up to the rally, the ones that feel that even though the pandemic has caused a great concern and, and tragedy, uh, 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 hurt and pain to the country, uh, that the president is the only one that can actually fix it. And the question is, how do they convince the independents? Uh, how do they convince Democrats to come over? Uh, we saw many Republicans last week uh, endorse uh, uh, Biden. We only saw one Democrat say nice things about Donald Trump. The question is really unclear. How do you present a message that is inclusive, that is uniting, and that actually tells the American people that Donald Trump's uh, uh, re-election means it's, it's going to be what's best for the country? That is completely unclear, and I don't see anywhere where they're being effective in presenting that message. And Luis, just speaking of messages, this year the Republican Party did not put out a platform. Instead of opting to support the president's own platform, what does that say to you? Well, as a member of the California Republican uh, Committee, I have worked on platforms where you actually sit at tables for incredibly long hours and you try to demonstrate, you try to put together on paper, what do you stand for? What's the whole purpose of being a party if you can demonstrate the issues where you can actually point to specifically and underline where you have a contrast, not only among us Republicans, but as Democrats as well, what they are presenting on their platform. And then you go toe-to-toe -to -toe and try to see which platform ultimately is the best one to serve the nation as a whole. The nation as a whole is the whole point. It is supposed to say we as Americans are trying to move the country forward under our ideals as Republicans. And when you tell the American people, when you tell the Republican members, and anybody who's registered Republicans, we don't stand for anything except getting Donald Trump reelected. That should give a pause to us as Republicans, not just as Republicans, but as Americans and independents as well, as to what is it that we stand for. And that is, I think, the biggest danger that this convention has presented for Republicans. We're not even the Republicans that are present and not even the Republicans that are at the convention can say anything other than, we, we all, the only thing we care about is getting Donald Trump uh, reelected, and that's the only thing that matters to this country or should matter to this country. And what are you expecting tonight, Luis? More of the same. More of the same. Uh, there's going to be people that are going to try to have a message of hope. There are going to be people that are going to talk about how their lives have been impacted by this administration. There are going to be those that are going to have a little bit of firebombs to throw. Uh, at the Democrats, and there's going to be those surprises that nobody uh, really understands how things are going to develop. This is certainly a new normal, uh, and Republicans are a little bit discombobulated with how they're putting this convention together. And 
Uh, overall, they've done a good job, but the reality is, I don't know if their message is actually hitting home with any targeted voters that they need to win in those purple states like Florida, uh, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, uh, Nevada, and Arizona, in, in Texas. Even Texas now is on the map. And I am sure that the one, the, the one group of Republicans that is probably cringing the most is those Republican Senate candidates that are in those states that are fighting for their political lives as well. Uh, you don't see many of those in this convention, and that's because they're staying home uh, trying to get reelected themselves. And finally, Luis, briefly, you've been a Republican for your entire life, but now you're supporting Joe Biden. Talk to us about your change of mind. Uh, since 1983, when I registered Republican, I have never voted for a Democrat in my entire life for president. And when I joined the Lincoln Project, it was because a group of Republicans are putting our country over party first. And we're ensuring that we are trying to tell every other Republican that's out there that we have choices and that we actually have to bite the bullet. And for this one, we're going to vote for Democrats because that's what the nation needs. It's not what the party needs. We can figure out the party afterwards, and we're going to determine what we're going to do to counter some of those ideologies on the Democrat side that we, not, we may not be comfortable with. But first and foremost, we have to save the nation, and that's where we're supporting Joe Biden uh, as Republicans. And the question is now, what are Republicans going to do to try to convince America that us Republicans that are against Donald Trump and supporting Joe Biden are wrong. And so far, there are no arguments or platitudes and there are attacks to personas. But at the end of the day, I think this is going to be truly the one election that it's going to matter for at least my entire lifetime. Well, thank you so much for your time, Luis Alvarado, Republican strategist. Thank you. And today is another day of action for all of us at Fusion and our sister network, Univision. This year, 32 million Latinos are eligible to vote in this election. Are you interested? You can register to vote directly on our website, univision.com forward slash vote with me. So you can vote with me. Vota conmigo. United States of America. This is our home. We live here. We work here. And we dream here. We built this great nation with our dedication, hard work, and passion. Regardless of where we come from, this is our home. Nothing is impossible when we come together. Let's take care of home. United, we are one. Register to vote and vote with me. In anger over the shooting of a black man by police hit the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin for a second night Monday and early Tuesday with police firing tear gas in hundreds of protesters who defied a curfew through battles and burned buildings. And today we have more details about the police shooting that sparked this protest. The victim, Jacob Blake, was shot in front of his children and now reportedly paralyzed from the waist down. Rafael Rodriguez has more on the investigation that's underway. Rage spilling onto the streets in Kenosha, Wisconsin, after at least one police officer shot a black man in front of his children, according to the man's attorney. 
The frustration is boiling to the top, and we're sick and tired. And now we're learning more about that shooting. Police say officers were responding to a domestic disturbance call when they appeared to try to contact a man named Jacob Blake. Video taken by Rayshawn White, a witness, shows two officers pointing their weapons at Blake while Blake walks away from them. White's video shows when Blake opens his car door and gets in, an officer grabbing Blake's shirt, then appearing to shoot him in the back. It's unclear why. I'm just witnessing it and recording it. I was so angry. And me personally, it, I couldn't really even sleep because it was just so traumatic. Civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump is representing Blake and his family and says Blake was breaking up a fight between two women. Officials say two officers are on administrative leave and cooperating while the state's Department of Justice reviews the shooting. As for the victim, he's now fighting for his life after being airlifted from the scene of the shooting. Angry residents calling it just one event in a series that includes the May 25th death of George Floyd, which sparked months of protests around the world. Rafael Rodriguez, U News. And demonstrations breaking out in other cities after the killing of Jacob Blake. Protesters marching in cities like New York and Denver, some of them banging drums and walking in places like Times Square, demanding answers and police accountability. And in Portland, Oregon, police once again declared a riot. The place has been the scene of nightly Black Lives Matter protests since the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis in May. Now more demonstrators emerging to protest the latest police shooting in Wisconsin. Officers fired tear gas to disperse the crowd and some protesters were handcuffed. Researchers are confirming what many had already suspected, people can become reinfected with COVID-19. The first official case reported in Hong Kong. This as the CDC urges people here in the U.S. to get the flu vaccine. Lorraine Casares has more details. A new COVID-19 warning. Researchers confirming the possibility of getting it twice. The first documented case of reinfection reported in Hong Kong. The patient getting sick in March, released from the hospital in April, and getting reinfected by a different strain in August and presenting no symptoms. This as the CDC announces it's boosting its production of this year's flu vaccine. They believe if enough people get it, it could stop a situation where hospitals this winter are filled with both coronavirus patients and people suffering from severe influenza. Meanwhile, the back-to-school fight continues. In Florida, a judge siding with teachers who sued the state in order to be able to work remotely. In Massachusetts, where teachers are required to head back to classrooms, many updating their wills. So for the first time ever, it's a dangerous place. They're on the front line of a war. The WHO now saying kids under five shouldn't be required to wear masks. In New York City, the mayor facing criticism after making a push for outdoor learning during this fall. In certain cases, uh, we can close off streets for a period of time. In certain cases, we can make space available in local parks. On Monday, as thousands of districts around the country started virtual classes relying on Zoom, the platform experiencing a massive outage. At the college level, the University of Notre Dame in Indiana reporting close to 450 cases. In the college town of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, cases rising and the mayor taking steps to stop the spread.
I will be requesting from the Alabama Beverage Control Board that all of Tuscaloosa County be placed under a prohibition of sales of alcohol on-premise consumption at bars for 14 days. Ohio State University starting classes Tuesday and already suspending more than 200 students for violating COVID-19 precautions. And it's unclear if and when these students will be allowed to go back to campus. School leaders are saying they're hoping other students take this as a lesson that they're serious about controlling the spread of COVID-19. Back to you, Carolina. Thank you, Lorraine, for that live report. As Hurricane Laura continues to move north, the entire Gulf Coast watches and waits. Univision Chief Meteorologist Albert Martinez has the latest on the storm. Albert. Hello, Laura is a category one hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico. During the next 24 hours, Laura will continue to strength so it can become a category two this Wednesday. Then it's a big threat for Texas and Louisiana. It can make landfall as a major hurricane this Thursday. So we will continue to keep an eye on this system. We have a lot of tropical errors active right now between Louisiana and Texas, most of them for the strong winds, more than 110 miles per hour gas winds in the coast when this system will make landfall this Thursday. In Houston, we can expect more than 50 or 60 miles per hour. The storm shoots, the increase of the sea level can go up to 10, inch, uh, 10 feet in the Texas coast or, for example, in Morgan City between 9, 9 and 11 feet. So it's important to not be in the coast during the landfall. The amount of rain that Laura can produce when it will continue to move inland is more than six inches of rain in the border between Texas and Louisiana, and this can, be, can become a threat for the flash flood. So we'll continue to keep an eye. This is Albert Martinez. Go back to you. Thank you, Albert, for that report. And meanwhile, across the country in California, another natural disaster continues to unfold. And take a look at this video. It shows the extensive destruction left behind by the CZU fire in Northern California. That series of fires has burned more than 780,000 acres in Santa Cruz and San Mateo counties, and it's only 13% contained. A record-breaking heat wave combined with thousands of lightning strikes has sparked hundreds of wildfires around Northern California, burning homes and prompting evacuations. More of you news after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. The Senate will turn itself into a courtroom. The private border fence is being installed. A police officer and three people were killed inside a Jewish supermarket in Jersey City. You News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your world, your news. You News on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. Brazilian soccer star Ronaldinho has been released from detention in Paraguay after five months. He and his brother Roberto were arrested in March for entering the country with fake passports. They were later placed under house arrest in April. The brothers have maintained from the beginning that they did not know the passports were fake. On Monday, a court said they could return to Brazil after fully collaborating with the investigation. And as the region struggles with the pandemic, Peru has just surpassed 600,000 cases. 
This after authorities reported over 1,700 new cases Monday. Nearly 28,000 people have died in that country. And in Colombia, that country is joining a clinical study to develop a vaccine against COVID-19. The study will be conducted by the pharmaceutical company Johnson & Johnson across Colombia, the U.S. and Belgium. Approximately 60,000 volunteers between 18 and 60 years old will take part in the study. Earlier this month, Colombian President Ivan Duque announced he, that country will not reach out to Russia for a vaccine, opting instead to work with the World Health Organization to secure as many vaccine doses as possible. Thanks for listening to U News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow U News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.